and rising all i pray that you have risen in the most amazing spirits i sure have and today i really is landing in my chest more and more and more the power of this word guidance and what it really means to lean into guidance and it's actually just screaming to me how much that i speak about god lately and how I really can't do anything without leaning on that authority over my life, without leaning into that power within my life. And I've been asking myself the question like, T, how did you get here? And for me personally, God has never been something outside of me. Um, I've always had a connection with believing in something greater, whether I've called it God, whether I've called it Allah, whether I call it divine creator, I just have a strong, strong, strong belief that I'm divinely guided by something so much greater than me, yet it's something I'm divinely a part of. And for me, I think I realized very early on that the whole reason that I'm here on earth is to do something. And whatever it is that I need to do is just so much greater than me. Like, but I've also got to be prepared and positioned to fulfill that. I've never had to go looking for purpose. I've never had to think, oh my gosh, like, or worry about if I'm going to find my purpose. I have just always believed I'm here for a reason. Um, and that journey has allowed me to be a student of life, has allowed me to observe, has allowed me to discover, has allowed me to ask, has allowed me to tap into things. And so they got to a point where I just felt like, I'm not really helping myself. Like I'm asking the right questions. I'm, I'm sitting with myself, I'm reflecting, but I'm not really doing anything. And so I started to recognize that it was as much a asking questions as much a being still and listening as much as it was a movement so I really started to recognize how much life truly is a dance now it's no secret that one of my biggest passions is dancing but it's something that you do because you love it but when you see it in the context of life when you see it in the context of giving and taking of leading and learning of going with the flow as much as creating the flow, you really start to recognize how much you've got to add something to this thing called life. But where do you get the guidance from? Where do you allow yourself to be a student? Now, many people get guidance from different forms of, um, they say they're religious books. So Jews might get guidance from the Torah. Christians might get guidance from the Bible. Um, Muslims might get guidance from the Quran. And for me, just because I like studying a lot, I was very, very um, excited about Ari as a child. And I loved, I really, really loved learning about Jews. I just loved it. Their, their lifestyle, their thinking, it fascinated me as much as Buddhists did. So I did a lot in like year six and then year nine. So literally I was 10 or 11. And then I was like 13 or 14, where I really started to tap into these other religions and what they looked like. And 
oh my God, the way that people think and the way that people feel. And I just started to get this sense of the environments that people choose to be in and how that affects them. And so I just knew from young that I could seek guidance from so many places. I didn't have to be limited to where I got my guidance from. I didn't have to stick to what my parents said I needed to be guided by or what my teacher said I needed to be guided by or what my siblings or friends said that I needed to be guided by. I rarely am influenced by anyone and anything around me. I've always had a strong sense of been able to be like "Mm -mm, nah I'm not doing that or yes I absolutely am doing that and then you grow older and you start to tap into words like discernment and you're like what the hell is that because people give a word to something that you've always felt so for me I've always gone by my feeling if it's a strong feeling that that's what I need to do I follow the hunch If there's no sense inside of me that says, yes, that's what I need to do, I'm not doing it. And so from young, I've learned to trust myself. And because I can trust myself, I trust life. And because I trust life, I can trust others. Now, I stumbled when I said that. And the reason why I stumbled when I said I can trust others is because in many situations, I on purpose choose not to trust people. Not because I can't trust people, but I go from who people reveal to me that they are. So if you reveal that you are not a trustworthy person, I'm not going to trust you. If you reveal that you have no integrity, I am not planting something that I care about in the hands of you. If you reveal that you're a liar, I'm going to believe that you are a liar. So what I do is I believe what you tell me about you. And trust me, it's not what you say with your words. So why am I saying all of this? I'm saying all of this because very early on, I knew the value of being a student. But I knew the value of not being a student by those things that were guiding me outside of me, but I knew the value of being the student of what has always divinely guided me. I have enjoyed and I will continue to allowing myself to say, teach me, show me the way, help me, I need support. Now I might not ask for help out loud, but you can guarantee in my prayers, in my journal, In my thinking, I will say, I will affirm, God, I need some support. Universe, I need a sign. Help me, support me, show me the way. Because I've recognized that there's so much value in doing that. There's so much clarity, there's so much answers. And often, somewhere along the lines, we become an adult, somewhere, apparently. For some people, apparently, it's at the age of 18. For others, it's 21. For others, it's 52. For some, it's 10 years old. Has an adult really got to do with our age? Or has it got to do with our thinking? I've spoke about 
your child self, your adult self and your parent self in a previous room. But what I spoke about in those concepts is the child requires to be fed, it requires to be led. The parent offers the guidance. The parent provides the food, provides the facilities, provides the support. The adult self knows what it wants, knows what it needs, knows what it requires. Yet we somehow associate that to age. And it's got nothing to do with age. We can be all three of those people at any season in our life, should we choose. And so when do we allow ourselves to be a student? Because when we step into this life called adulting, sometimes we start to believe we have to have it all figured out. We have to know the way. We have to know what to do. And we put so much pressure on ourselves. So much pressure that we forget to ask. We forget to lean in. We forget to reach out for support. And we actually forget how valuable it is to be a student. To live in the essence of learning. To thrive in the essence of growing. I'm so happy to know what I know as much as I'm so happy to know nothing at all. Nothing at all. Why? Because I don't know all I need to know yet. Otherwise I would be fully living the life that I wanna live. And as much as I am living the life that I wanna live, I've got more. You've got more. Collectively, we've got more. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. I personally believe when our mission is done, that's when we return back to our father. We're here on borrowed time. We're here for an experience. But there's something that we've got to do. At what point does the adult in you wake up to that responsibility? wake up to the responsibility that there is something that I've got to do. There is something that I've got to give. There's something that I've got to become. But in order for me to do that, am I ready to be a student? Am I willing to be a student of life? Now, in this month of guidance, I genuinely cannot talk in this month without talking about God, because that has been my divine guidance system, period. So when I'm seeking anything that I want to do, whether it's talking, whether it's entering into a relationship, whether it's a business thing, listen, I ain't doing nothing unless God's within it. So how did I get into this relationship with God? I kept asking. I want to see you. Like, I want to know if you're real. I've got my thoughts and beliefs about how 
books that people lean into for guidance have been tampered with, have been made to control us. I don't really lean into them. If we're all made in his image and likeness, then that means there has to be a God, a divinity, a creator in each of us. The same way that things guidance was given to Abraham, guidance was given to Jesus, guidance was given to um, the prophets, the disciples, whoever. Who's to say that you're not one? Who's to say that the same dream that was given to Martin Luther King, that there's not a dream that's been planted in you? So where are we really going for guidance? And I believe if you allow yourself to really be a student of life, you allow yourself to start asking questions. And perhaps your life is a total sum of the questions that you're willing to ask. Perhaps your life is a total sum of the quality of questions that you're willing to ask. And what I find interesting is we don't often focus on life as a teacher. We don't focus on our experiences or circumstances as a teacher. So we surely don't focus on God as a teacher. But what if God is simply guidance on demand? If God is guidance on demand, then surely we need to ask some questions to get that guidance. If life is an experience, then surely we're here learning. So surely it serves us to be a student. But what kind of student are we being? Because the title of the room is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And the teacher can be anyone or anything. And sometimes we miss the most simplest things from young, especially in the UK. Now they're taking children into school at four, four years old, four. What does four stand for? Foundation. Before it was five, when they were taking children into at five, what is five? Belief. So when a teacher is implanted in your life at the stage of you building a foundation, what kind of guidance are you getting? When a teacher comes into your life at the age of five, where you're working on your beliefs, what kind of guidance are you getting? In many other parts of the world, they actually take children into school at eight. Why? Because from zero till seven, a child is discovering, they are being a student of life. They are discovering who they are. So they don't interfere with that. What does eight stand for? Construction, abundance. So they step in at eight. When a child has figured out who they are, they step in. If any of you have got young babies from the age of zero to seven, 
They are the most important years of a child's life. Whatever happens in those years of your life, the rest of your life, you're just mapping it out. You're just replaying it. You're just recreating it. But those first seven years lay the foundation for the rest of your life. And we're blessed with teachers from birth. The first teachers are our parents. And then you might have grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, friends. And life is always teaching us, sometimes through amazing like lessons that we wish we could capture and replay again and again, and other times through pain. But we've always been asked to be a student. But when you're really willing to come into the space where you're like, you know what? Teach me. Teach me how to overcome my circumstances. Teach me how to manage my finances. Teach me how to create the peace or the legacy that I want to see. Teach me. When you're willing to open your mouth, when you're willing to write that down, when you're willing to say that out loud, when you're willing to start to believe that, the teacher, the guidance that you need to create that, it will show up. Teach me how to manage my emotions. Teach me how to parent my children. Teach me how to be the best version of myself. Teach me how to believe in myself. Teach me how to love myself. Teach me how to speak and walk with confidence. Because one thing about us as adults, we know our flaws. Whether we want to address them, face them, ignore them, honey, you know your flaws. But are you willing to just accept them as a flaw? Are you so adult enough to say, you know what? This is just the way that I am. And this is the way that I'm staying for the rest of my life. Or are you willing to surrender and say, teach me? Because many of us are getting blessed with vision, but we don't know how to fulfill the vision. We ain't got a clue. We don't even know why that thing keeps speaking to us. Teach me how I bring this vision to life. Teach me how I show up to be the leading example in my family that creates change. Teach me how to be the one that breaks these generational stuff that just doesn't serve us teach me to be the one that's willing and ready to catch the generational blessings teach me how to stay hungry in life teach me how to find my passion you could ask for anything when you're willing to be a student because when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But you won't know that if you've got it all figured out. 
you won't know that if you're willing to stay where you always have been. Teach me how to surround myself with the right people. Teach me how to walk in my light. Teach me how I can no longer be afraid of anybody else's light. Teach me how to celebrate myself. Teach me how to celebrate others. Many people can't clap for other people when they're winning because they just live in being green-eyed. Why her? Why him? Why not me? Teach me how to be more powerful. Teach me how to be more courageous. You get so much clarity when you're willing to be a student. Many of us wanna be the CEO of our lives or the CEO of a situation or better yet, the manager of it. You wanna learn to manage your emotions but you haven't even allowed yourself to understand them. You haven't allowed yourself to be a student of it. You wanna manage your thinking but you're not willing to be a student of your thinking. Observe it, learn from it. We've got to learn things before we can really manage them. And many of us want to skip the graduation process. We just want to be on top of our game, on top of this, on top of that. And we haven't allowed ourselves to go through it. The reason why we go through so much sometimes is because we've been asked to be a student. We've been asked to learn something and life is teaching us something. It's teaching you to be courageous. It's teaching you to be bold. It's teaching you to forgive. It's teaching you to love regardless to whether the circumstances or situations look like they deserve love. It's telling you love anyway. But if you're not willing to even ask, what is this teaching me? You're missing the lesson. You're not able to acknowledge the teacher. You can't have gratitude for that circumstance that actually only came to teach you because you just wanna get out of it. You just wanna overcome it. You just wanna graduate through that season yet you're in that season to be a student. You're learning how to understand your pain, understand your triggers, understand your trauma. Because guess what? There's gonna be another season where you graduate to being the teacher. Why? Because you've been through it and you've learned something. And when you graduate to being the teacher of that very thing that you was a student through and you have the courage to teach it, to share it, to express it with someone else, guess what? You learn twice. When you share something or teach something, you learn twice. 
but you've got to be willing to go through it first. You've got to be willing to be taught. And you don't get that if you know everything. You don't get that if you want to run from everything. You don't get that if you're not willing to even look for the lesson inside of things. Yesterday, I asked you to get a piece of paper and write down what is the vision or guidance that I need within this season. Today, go further and ask yourself, ask the universe, ask God, what has this season got to teach me? What has this experience got to teach me? What has these people got to teach me? Be a student. Because it's Tuesday and on Tuesday I told you to tap into love. And if you're willing to be a student and sit with asking those questions, guess what? You can ask, you can fall in love with the process because maybe this season is teaching you patience. Maybe this season is teaching you resilience. Maybe this season is teaching you forgiveness. Maybe this season is teaching you courage. Maybe this season is teaching you to have vision because you've been in some things that you had no vision for. So you've just been merely existing. But this season is teaching you to thrive. And in order to thrive, you've got to have some vision. You've got to have some passion. You've got to have some power. You've got to have some people. So maybe this season is teaching you who to trust and who not to trust. Because what God's got for you, he ain't going to give it to you if you're around the wrong people so they can take it from you or they can tamper with it. Uh-uh. So he'll let you go through the process of cleaning up who you trust, who you're around, what environments are for you, and that season will be painful. But because you want to hold on to your friends, the longer you hold on to what's not for you is the longer you put off what is. I'm going to say it again. The longer you hold on to what's not for you is the longer you put off what is. That's a you thing. Maybe this season is teaching you to let go. Maybe this season is teaching you to have new perspective. But again, the teacher will not be revealed until the student is ready. Until the student is ready. So where are you students? Where are you choosing to be a student in your life? Where is life teaching you that you're ready so it's giving you the teacher that you require? Can you identify the teachers in your life right now? Can you identify who's giving you that guidance that you actually need? Or better yet, that you desire? 
because sometimes we just have needs because we're not deeply fulfilling ourselves. But when we deeply fulfill ourselves, we have desires, not necessarily needs. You desire to feel good because you know exactly what it is that makes you feel good. So you reach for it. You desire to experience joy because you know what it feels like when you live in joy. You desire to learn, to grow, to expand because you know what it feels like when you choose to grow and expand. But some of you need validation. Some of you need love. Some of you need um, courage. Why? Because you're not giving it to yourself. And so again, learn that first. Learn, I'm requiring to be validated because I really don't believe I deserve anything or I've got low self-esteem and low self-worth. Identify the need. So then you can replace it with what you really desire. But again, if we're not being students, if we're not going through the process and we just want to graduate out of the season, we're missing the lesson. And I started this conversation by saying that I'm really sitting with this word guidance. Like, seriously, it's just sitting with me. Because I'm really reflecting, like, who's really guided me? What has really guided me? Where do I really go for guidance? And for me, I've always sat with me. First. From young, I would sit up in corners and just watch, watch my siblings, watch life, watch relationships map out around me, watch how people treated people. So I've always been observant, I've always been studying. And then I would just create, I would just create. I would just create because it was just my way to get things out. If I saw a gap that I could fill, I would fill. And when I started to learn things, I became a teacher real young. I made my sister sit down, right, we're going to do maths today. One plus one, if they got it wrong, I'd lash them with the ruler. That is wrong, come on. I've always been the same person. You guys have always been the same person, but which parts of you are you leaning into to get you to the next level of your elevation? As much as I've been the same person in the good facets, I've been the same person in my flaws, in my insecurities. They're the same. But I'm learning to manage them because I've been willing to be a student of them. Why do I think that? Why am I making that true? Why am I making that mean so much? And if I continue to think and feel that way, what kind of life am I going to live? In this month of guidance, it is so clear to me that we all, and I've always known this, like I said in the beginning, we are all here on a purpose. This is a purpose journey. This is a purpose experience. This is a, you are here to do something. You really, really are. And sometimes life is really guiding us and teaching us through examples that we do not want to see but it's necessary that we see them. Because if we don't, we could easily be that person. 
we could easily become that person. The things that we don't like to see, it's necessary we see them because it stirs something up in us that allows us to create what we're really supposed to create. It allows us to ask. When you're in a bad situation, that's when you start asking. You start asking to, to be out of it. You start asking for, for help. You start asking for a different, why can't you do that, period? This is what I mean when it means to be a student of life. It means to ask as much as it means to learn. It means to observe as much as it means to take action. We have all been asked to be students of life, but what are we also willing to do with what we learn? Can we teach it to someone else? Can we help someone else? Can we guide someone else? And it doesn't necessarily need to be in our speaking. Can it be in our living? Is your presence guiding other people to be better? Is your presence teaching people how to live? Or is your presence teaching people that, yo, you are giving me the lesson that I do not want to be anything like you? Because you're, un you're miserable, you're unhappy. You're always moaning, you're always complaining. You're always seeking a problem for every problem. When are you going to give yourself permission to live, to thrive, to have joy in every moment and everything? Because here's the beauty of being a student. When you realize that you're just learning something, you cut yourself some credit. Because what you don't know, you don't know. So it's cool that you haven't figured it out yet. It's cool that you haven't got the answer yet but at least you're on your way. Many of us don't give ourselves that permission to live. Give yourself permission to be a student of life and not just of life, to be a student of this season, to be a student of your circumstances, to be a student of God. Because hear what? When we allow ourselves to be a student of the divine, he can teach us some things. And when he teaches us some things, now we can teach some more people some things. So this goodness that we want to see in the world, why don't we get the lessons from the creator? Why don't we get the lessons that we're supposed to teach from the creator instead of people and things that don't even know what they're teaching us. Because many of us are happy to get lessons from society and allow that to define us about who we are and what we are and what our worth says. But we don't recognize that we are society. Many of us, aren't willing to be student of our own children. I learned very early on that, yo, without my children, I wouldn't be a parent. So you know what? I'm learning from them. 
as much as I had learned things from my parents, no, my children teach me how to parent. They teach me how to parent. Why? One, because they're so different. So one parent in method isn't another's parent in method. So you've got to learn. You've got to learn how to parent them. So I'm a student to them as much as I'm a teacher to them. Many of us don't allow ourselves to be that level of humble. Because again, you're the parent, you know it all. Do you really? Do you really? And so there's some things I can teach my children and there's so much more that they're teaching me. And we often don't get that. That because we was ready to grow, we was ready to see life differently. We were blessed with something that was going to expand us as much as give us more purpose, as much as give us more drive. And some of us get lost in unforgiveness because relationships shift and change. Some of us get stuck in the lesson, not learning anything, but just stuck in it. Because where we were supposed to learn something, we're stuck sitting in it. When we're supposed to stand on that lesson, use that lesson. And so today, I'm just inviting you all in this month of guidance to ask yourself, where are you really been a student? And how can you profit, profit from being a student right now? In what areas of your life do you need to become a student? simply because you haven't figured it out yet and you need some guidance, you need some support, you need some help. As adults, we don't know how to manage our mind. Imagine, we don't know how to manage our thoughts. We don't know how to manage our emotions. We don't even have a relationship with our spirit. So where can you be a student in your life right now and take some action to learn something, to expand in some things, to grow through some things and just be ready that when you identify that, the teacher will appear. The teacher will come. And whether the teacher comes as a relationship, whether the teacher comes as a podcast, whether the teacher comes as a voice, whether the teacher comes as a stranger, allow life to surprise you. Because the teacher can come at any point in any way. I'm just grateful <clears throat> that I learned very young to identify the teachers in my life that were divinely sent. When I was in reception at school, not reception, year one, I had a teacher called Miss Pumphrey. And Miss Pumphrey had the most amazing impact on my life. And the reason why she had such an impact was because she was my first teacher in school. And she taught me what it was like to actually be a teacher. 
I feel like schooling was different when we were younger. Um, they were allowed to care because that's who they were. It wasn't because of child protection and this and that and all of this stuff. They were allowed to be who they were. And it wasn't about ticking boxes. It wasn't about does the child meet this or that criteria? It was about being a teacher. It was about being there to support, to nurture, to lead. And I remember um, when I was in year one, it always felt like I was late to be picked up. So we were the last people left in, in the class, me, my sister and um, my mum's best friend's daughter. So those two used to, they were in an older year than me. They were two years older. So they were allowed to make their way to my class at the end. So we would be there waiting to get collected, whether it was by her mum or my dad, whoever was collecting us. And we used to sharpen pencils with the electric sharpener because we were late. So we got to do all of the jobs. And I think from young, um, having that extra time with that teacher, it just allowed us to build a different kind of relationship. It meant that I felt safe. I felt um, I was in an environment that was supported, um, that was supportive and I felt supported. And she would just have conversations, she would tap in. So in that first year of school, which was 1993, is when also we had quite a lot of family deaths. And um, losing people that were close to me, it was like, you step into school, you're figuring yourself out with all of these other people. And then the people that you love are just disappearing, disappearing. It just felt like it was just all intense. And I was only five. And I will not forget the day when I went in, not after Sharon died, which was my cousin, but five and a half weeks later when Maria died. And I remember something must have been told to the teachers. So at break, she was holding my hand. She was like, Tanya, you can stay with me. And when she was holding my hand, I said, Miss, do you know what happened yesterday? And she was like, yes. And I just said, and I explained to her, we were just talking about death. I can remember this like it was yesterday. And as a result of that, we would have these extra sessions with another teacher called Mrs. Colin, who was almost like a counsellor. So we would go and draw pictures with her and speak about grief. And I remember drawing pictures of the people that had died and, you know, talking about it. And what was funny is I love the way that life orchestrates things because that same teacher, Mrs. Colin, was my year six teacher. So Miss Pumphrey was my first teacher and then Miss Collins became my last teacher in that school. And I believe that the universe sent them to me to sandwich me. To sandwich me in a protection that meant that where I was in those six years of my life, I felt so supported. I felt so loved. I felt so understood. And when I had that teacher in year six, by then Tanya had been Tanya throughout her school years. And <laughs> Tanya does what Tanya wants to do. <laughs> so by the time I got to year six, she had given me so much roles like of leadership. She, she saw this light in me that I just didn't see in myself. And she would allow me to, to lead in so many different aspects, whether it was sports, whether it was arranging this day or that day. She was like, Tanya's going to be it. And so the first teacher who made me understand love, like unconditionally, and the last teacher who made me see myself as like a leader, as being valued, as having um, a voice that mattered, although I wasn't this talkative um, I was quite quiet. 
that sounds funny saying that out loud, but I, I was, I would let people put out the marker in my hair and all kind of stupidness that I was just mad with myself for not speaking up. But what I'm saying is these teachers saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. And I think they were divinely sent to protect me. They were divinely sent to guide me. They were divinely sent to teach me things about life that at the time I knew nothing about what they were doing. Nothing. But in looking back on my life, I know their assignment. I know their assignment way deeper than they probably even know their assignment. And that's the beauty of when you choose to be a student. You start looking for evidence of where you've been guided. You start looking for evidence of where you've been supported. It's easy to wake up today and feel like you ain't got no support. To wake up today and feel like nothing's working out for you or you're putting in all the work and the results aren't coming. But where are you really being guided? What is life really teaching you? And here's a part of my book that's actually a chapter dedicated just to these two teachers. First of all, I wanna start by thanking the women, the teachers, the spirit and souls that these women were to me. I will never forget the chapters that you created for me. And I feel honored and humbled to dedicate a whole chapter of my story to them. Teachers steer the direction of our lives. They hold us in light and leave footprints on our souls. Coach T. I believe every chapter of our story changes us, some emotionally, some mentally, some physically, and others spiritually. But once in a blue moon, I feel we get some chapters that truly shift us holistically. And this is one of those chapters for me. I look back now with tears in my eyes as I write, and I think for the first time, I've actually taken time to acknowledge these chapters that were handcrafted so perfectly. It's the parts of our stories that we experience painfully, yet when you look back, you go, wow, God truly had me in his hand. He had his hand in my life, and the universe is truly designed to work everything out. I know that at times it can feel like people just say those things. And while in the midst of your own shit, you sit and think, oh, please save it. But I hope I can share with you this experience and you can take a moment with me to recognize that, wow, actually, maybe I just happened to meet some angels on earth. Maybe God handpicked these people to sandwich and watch me and protect me at a time when I truly needed them the most a time where I needed to be supported and positively influenced because those elements are game changers. Positive influence and support. Take note. I believe we all have many angels walking amongst us, but he sent them in the form of teachers, in the form of women. And to be perfectly honest, I often wonder if they know what they were actually doing. I pray this chapter allows you to look back and be pulled forward by recognizing, honoring and celebrating, yet thanking the angels that have showed up for you. I pray that if you've ever felt like you're walking alone or haven't been able to identify why things happened in the way that they happened, I pray that this chapter stirs up something in your soul to bring you peace. I remember it being a bright yet calm morning and there I was ready and eager and excited to start my first day of school. 
I loved, loved, loved nursery. Simply adored those amazing women that taught me, bonded with me. And although I was so super sad to leave, yo, I was ready. I was eager and I was dead ass excited to pull up my big girl pants and start school. My big sister and cousin, close family friend, was already at the school that I simply could not wait to be a part of the big girl gang. Not that me and them were close or that we even got along because believe me, we didn't. I was always left out, the youngest. And to be honest, I'd already learned to deal with it. I was pretty happy being by myself. I enjoyed writing, painting, doing puzzles, and I loved maths. I already loved learning, but I already thought I knew everything there was to know. I had a way of picking up a lot by watching my big sister. So whatever this next chapter had for me, I believed I was already prepared and built for it. I remember my yellow lion lunchbox from Windsor Safari Park, and I remember my super excited cousin Sharon, my mum and dad all ready to take me to school. I can't really remember my sister on this day, so I believe she I must have had a late start or a half a day, but nonetheless, we were ready and we were on our way. So there we were standing in the playground, waiting for the teacher to open the door. And I was one of the last to go in. That's because my parents and my cousins were holding on to me a little too long. Or maybe I didn't want to let go. Who knows? I don't know. But what I do remember is that lady that greeted me. She seems tall at the time, slender, five, six-ish, with blonde bobbed hair and a smile that felt like home. Super friendly, Mrs. Pumphrey. Her presence was warm, her classroom was welcoming, and I remember her saying, find a table to do something you enjoy. I remember the hugs from my family, daddy with the forehead kiss, mum's hugs were always short and sweet, and my cousin Sharon, man, she didn't want to let go. <laughs> yes, I felt the tears stream down her face, but I was already ready, I was off. I went to the table that had puzzles on, the class was busy and everyone was playing or doing an activity and it felt like five to ten minutes had passed and I was cracking on, yet I could feel a slight nervousness, almost a lonely feeling hovering over me. I looked around but I didn't recognise anyone or know anybody and just as I was about to allow myself to feel sad, there in the corner of my eye I saw them. My parents and my cousin Sharon still standing at the window looking over me. <laughs> I mean, have you not gone home yet? But it made me smile. My cousin had the silliest, biggest, awkward smile on her face with these tears, these tears falling down and my mum was pulling her away. It was almost made me a little sad because Sharon was still crying like a baby. But from that point until now, I remember saying to myself that they will always look out for me. And from that day until now, what a way the universe had made this come true. The next few weeks were a blur, but I settled into school well. I woke up early and got out every day and I loved it. I loved my class, my friends, my experiences, but man oh man, I loved my teacher. In that environment, I felt safe. I felt care, I felt love, and for that, I'm grateful. In those days, <laughs> I'm actually starting to sound old. Although my sister is only two years older than me, she could walk to my class to meet me at the end of school and we could wait in the playground or by the gate to be collected. I don't really remember mum picking us up much from school as she worked nights, but my daddy or Maria always seemed to be late. 
in the beginning I didn't understand it and it annoyed me but actually it was such a blessing to me Mrs Pumphrey was not like any other teacher I had met in the first few months of school she was kind she was patient and she was mostly understanding while my sisters and cousins teacher had left them out in the playground waiting Mrs Pumphrey would invite us in she would wait behind with us. We would sit in her classroom doing extra jobs, running errands, preparing the activities for the next day. And the best job ever was sharpening the pencils with the electric sharpener. She talked with us, she laughed with us, she stayed with us, but most importantly, she trusted us. I'm not sure if they were, if that's where my huge life for stationery developed or where my leadership skills began. But what I do know is they were most definitely where I was nurtured. She inspired me to want to help others. She drove my independence and planted a seed in me that opened my heart and mind to love and passion to teach. I don't know why or how, but I know for sure that that lady truly believed in me. I'm not going to read anymore, but what it really allowed me to do is go back and reflect on people and things that have happened throughout my life on purpose, on purpose, to teach me something that I may not necessarily had wanted to learn at the time. If I wasn't late from being picked up, we wouldn't have developed the relationship that we did. If I wasn't open to just speaking to that woman, there wouldn't have been so many things that she taught me. But perhaps more importantly is that I remember them. I remember the lessons. I remember the principles. I remember the purpose. Because I've been willing to find it. And when it lands, it was so emotional for me because obviously the closeness that I had with my cousin, I expected her to be there through all the chapters of my life. And she's not. Later on in that chapter, she passes away. And today marks four years since my grandmother left this earth. And the sense of peace that I feel, I feel at peace with everybody that's passed before us because I feel they're proud. I feel they're proud that I'm doing something with the lessons they taught me. I'm doing something with the legacy they've created because I'm willing to be a student of their lives. What are you doing? with the lessons that you've learned? Who really is guiding you? What is guiding you? Where do you lean into to get guidance on demand? One of my sisters, she said she's gonna write a book called Things My Mum Taught Me. She should really do it as a live sketch because she is funny as shit. She is so funny, it's not even funny. She should do that as a sketch. Because the lessons that our mum teaches us through life are hilarious. <laughs> Up until yesterday, I can't even take my mum serious. She just has me laughing. 
but there's some things that she's ingrained in us that we've got to do something with. There's some things that your parents have taught you that you've got to do some things with. There's some things that life is teaching you that you've got to do some things with. What are you going to do? As I started to write these chapters about these two teachers, I actually found that one of them has passed. And I'm just praying that when I finally release this book, this isn't the first book I'm releasing, by the way, um, that her children somewhere, someone attached to her gets the book. Because I don't even know if that woman knows what she's done for many people. And that's the beauty of being a teacher just with your living. Just with who you are, you're teaching people to love, you're teaching people to forgive, you're teaching people to be kind just by being that person. So be you and go into today being a student. I've been saying so much over the last few weeks, go back, go back, go back. There's so much keys that we've left in places because we just weren't willing to look. But if you go back and find the key, you'll unlock something now. I've had to go back and celebrate the seasons I've made it through. I've had to go back and thank the things that I've been in. I've had to go back and acknowledge who has given me guidance. Because it will help you now. And sometimes it is emotional. Sometimes it is overwhelming. But don't let that stop you from doing the work. I'm grateful for the life that my grandma lived. A stern woman. But she knew how to get things done. And you know what? She knew how to get things done alone. Sometimes that was amazing and sometimes it just wasn't. But if one of the biggest lessons that my grand taught me is to forgive. Is to really forgive. Because when we don't, we carry too much. We don't even show our true selves to people. My grandma, both my grandmas, they had mouths that mm, <laughs> lived outside. <laughs> and very forward, very straight to the point people. But it was necessary. Because guess what? I'm unapologetic. I'll say what I've got to say. What, are, what did your ancestors teach you that you can use? You won't know if you don't go back. What did your childhood teach you that may have felt like it was breaking you, but actually it was seasoning you? It was marinating you for something. What is that? How can you use it? Because many of us know how to speak about those seasons from pain. We don't know how to speak about them and turn it around into how we've used it. 
I'm so grateful that I was a child that was able to sit in places and feel bad about things and not do anything. Because every time that I'm about to do that again, I go, "Mm -mm, courage, T, let's go. Even if I count to 10 times, 10 times, if I count to 10, 10 times before I speak to someone, I'm going to still do it. What has life taught you? And what are you teaching life about who you are? What are you teaching others about who you are? Go back. Go back. Go back. I'm done, guys. Has anybody got anything they would like to say? Anything they would like to offer? Anything this conversation has stirred up or any questions that you want to ask? Or maybe you've already identified where you are a student or where you've actually been asked to be a teacher. Because also maybe life is presenting you with some things so that you can boss up, so that you can become the teacher. I had so much to learn about self-love. I still do. That's why I teach so passionately about it. I realized it wasn't just for me. I needed to share this journey with others. It's necessary. Grand Rising, mother, how art thou? I don't like the term of the mother, but <laughs> Grand Rising, I'm great. Um, I'm speaking to you today <clears throat> with a list. Um, Not today. Because <laughs> I've had an experience um, that has, is teaching me a lot. It's teaching me um, how to show up when I don't want to. How to grin my teeth when I really don't want to at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a real absolute. Yeah, so um, life teaches you, and I'm a student of life, and um, yeah, it's processing through it. And also the other thing that I've attracted for myself <laughs> through my fantastic thinking. So I've got this thing, a urine infection, that my book, which I looked to for guidance, it says you can heal your life. It says that you're pissed off. <laughs> so I was thinking, oh, what am I pissed off about? So I realised that I had gone through um the situation with the mandem and that event being cancelled and a lot of stuff that was going on for Black History Month with Holmes Slough. And I had fooled myself to thinking, okay, I'm dealing with it, I'm processing it. Mm. But that pissed off had disguised itself so it didn't come up, it didn't come out in the usual way of my anger. It came out submissive, but it still showed itself. It still showed itself in um in my body. I love that. And that's why our bodies are so beautiful because we don't always know what we're dealing with at the time um, or we think we're dealing with it, but actually we're not, we haven't fully processed it. And it really is okay to give ourselves permission to feel. I think one thing I used to I used to see a lot that people would respond from my Facebook statuses is, oh my God, you're so positive. You're so positive. You're so positive. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm real. There's a difference. 
I don't wake up always positive. I genuinely, I more often than not, am positive. But guess what? I also wake up. Here it comes, guys. Cuntish. Okay. And when I wake up like that, I love it. It's one of my favorite things to feel. And people are like, oh my God, you shouldn't use that word or you shouldn't know. I said what I said. Just like if I wake up feeling angry, I will acknowledge that I am angry because we're human and we feel things. What we do with those feelings is a different thing. And sometimes we just don't process them. So when we don't process them, they manifest. I have noticed over the last year or so, I get into certain situations at certain types of year and I get a right pain side, pain side. That makes no sense. I get a right pain in my side and it is intense. And I'm like, ah, here goes. We got to address this. And I could relate it to exercise when I do weights because that's normally when it comes in or I could relate it to, oh, when I do, mm mm-mm. There's something that requires addressing. And when I address it, it disappears. And when I ignore it, it's just like a stitch, you know? And one thing I wanted to say, um, wherever you are, that's what I'm saying, we can't change the seasons that we're in, but we can always address how we are and how we feel. And when you're really been asked to be a a student of life, guys, I just want you to know you're going to feel vulnerable you're going to feel uncomfortable and you're doing all of that so that you can lean into guidance because if we really are here we really are here to support to grow to to do something on purpose then we need guidance for that purpose we need guidance for that vision where are we going to get it from if we don't lean in where are we going to get it from And so we're here to actually live out our vision from God. That's why we're all here. Our vision from our higher self. And it's not limited to our current circumstances. It is not limited to our current circumstances. It's not even limited to what we think we know about ourselves. It's outside of all of that. So make sure we do, you are surrounded by positive influence and support because that will give you the guidance that you need. But don't forget to be a positive influence and support for yourself. Yeah, and I think it's two things because there are some amazing people that are in this room daily and they always check on me. So I really thank them for that. I just really want to acknowledge that. And I think that when you um, speak about relationship circle or when you advise that sometimes you look at the week as Monday, the vision, and Tuesday's a love. So today I'm just, honestly, if I look in the mirror, I feel a sense of uncomfortableness. (laughs) Very much so. Um, However, I'm choosing to reach for love. Yeah, and just still show up, still, because I could actually hide. (laughs) (laughs) Did you tell them what's happened? So, yesterday I I picked something and I 
front tooth cracked in half. <laughs> so, yeah, I love my teeth. I love my smile. So I'm just having to process that at the moment. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love laughing. I haven't been stopped laughing for the last three seconds. I showed my boy Raheem. I said, oh, my God. Oh, no. Yeah, but do you know why? Because we don't realise how much teeth make a difference to our face. Like, I don't concentrate on stuff like that. But when you yeah. see it, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. So I pray that your tooth can be fixed sooner rather than later. Not only that, I think as well, that what I would share is, you know, somebody asked me this morning, what does the book, You Can Heal Your Life, say about teeth? And I said, it says indecisiveness. But also about two weeks ago, I was dreaming about teeth cracking. And, you know, if I have that dream, it normally means to me that I'm going to lose somebody in the family. So you were speaking about Sharon. And, you know, just before Sharon died, I had this dream that every single teeth in my mouth cracked. And, you know, so I do associate that dream with death. And I just was like, nope, it's not there. I'm not focusing on that. Da, 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 da. I create what I focus on. I was doing all of that, affirming for myself. So actually, I realised now, oh my god, it was this. It was my teeth really cracking that I was two weeks ago dreaming about. So you know, sometimes dreams could be symbolic that they mean something, and sometimes you know, I actually dream actual as well. So I could actually foresee something in a dream that happens a couple of weeks later. So, yeah, it's just that thing you say as well about knowing what season you're in. So I'm, I guess I'm in that season. And this happened to me before when I was younger. So the other two from the other side, I was messing around with my, with my friend Claudius. And, yeah, a, tooth, a, a cut chipped the other two from the other side. So it's something... When I went through it then, it was horrible. It was like, oh, you've done it. You know, um, yeah, so I'm just looking at this. And what the book said about teeth is indecisiveness. And I can actually tell you 100% how indecisive I've been recently. Even in dealing with the Mandem event and everything, I've been very indecisive. I've been in a place of, oh, I'm not sure. Oh, God, I don't know. And that, if you know me, that's not how I process normally. So I have actually been processing indecisively. And the other thing that I would say is, um, okay, and the other thing that I would say is, um, what was I going to say? I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so it is looking at everything comes from our thinking. Every single thing comes from our thinking. And I think people find that hard to believe, like the house that we're living in is somebody's thought. Somebody put that thought, that blueprint down, and they structured and created and built a house. The job that you're having, somebody thought of that company and started through somebody's thinking. The trains that we travel on, the cars that we drive, every single thing that we come into contact with in life has come from somebody's thoughts. So I think that, you know, sometimes we just think, oh, that's just happening, the blood pressure or this or that or whatever. But actually, a lot of it comes from our thoughts. And that's our conscious or our subconscious thoughts. 
So, you know, I just wanted to bear witness to that. I love that. And that's sometimes why we've got to be students of our bodies. We kind of have no relationship with them until something shows up. Then we're like, oh, I've got to pay attention because I've got this diagnosis and that diagnosis. But actually, when we start to pay attention to our bodies naturally, they tell us when something is right, when something is not wrong, you know, and um, we've got to learn to listen. Because, again, it is really a result of what we're putting in. It really is a result of where we're seeking guidance from. And many of us don't seek guidance from the highest place. You know, we don't seek guidance from a place of unconditional love, unconditional support, unconditional protection. We go and we seek guidance from a place of need. But what happens when we flip it? I truly know I have everything I need. I genuinely do. And I wrote that in my book. That was one of the hardest things for me to accept because I could look around and see what I didn't have and what I wanted. And when I flipped that on its head and really started to believe I have everything I need, you're always able to be in a place of peace. Always. Because nothing's missing. Nothing's missing. And they're principles that we've got to practice. And they're principles that I believe we should become students to, because when you do, life just starts to move with not just peace, but a, a sense of knowing, a sense of purpose, a sense of being. So be great, guys. Go ahead and be a student today. Ask yourselves, how can I be a student in this season? What am I being asked to be a student of? What are you learning through? What are you growing through? Who is the teachers that are showing up to guide you? Identify them. And when you identify them, lean into them with more love. And sometimes, ha, it's not the teacher that we asked for. It's not the teacher we would have required. But guess what? It's the only teacher that's going to teach us that lesson. And so the teacher might be showing up as a difficult situation right now. The teacher might be showing up as a difficult person right now, but that's the only thing that's going to teach you something. So thank it. Be grateful. I'm learning so much in the month of Black history. Like Sometimes I didn't even think that my history was that important to me. But in this month, with some of the trials, I'm like, OK, thank you, teacher. <laughs> thank you. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I'm, I'm done. Be great, guys. Any more questions before I tap out? No. Thank you, Miss Tina. And I pray that you are encouraged to love yourself way beyond that tooth cracking. Carly, do you know what the funny thing is? I just picked my stick. And it is love. So, yes, it has given me love, the stick has. And it also gave me, it's your time, it is your season, believe it. So See? Definitely I will, um, you know, love myself beyond my tooth cracking. And also I think with my tooth cracking, I appreciate the grief process. Because now I'm thinking, oh my God, I wish I didn't eat so much sweets. Oh, I wish I didn't do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I, I don't have it anymore in the way that I had it. And like you said, when you lose it, you appreciate the value of it when you had it. 
and that goes for so much so yeah yes appreciate things while you've got them seriously yeah i i appreciate you by the way you wait <laughs> <laughs> i'm rising dad <laughs> why are you keep them up Dad, are you there? I'm glad he can't talk. I'm glad, I'm glad we can't hear him. Mm. Yeah, the mic isn't working by you. <laughs> My parents. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you now. Oh, you can hear me now? Right. I'd just like to just say, uh, God morning to everybody. Um, I'd just like to put a smile on your face because... Um, I knew your mum was going to bring that story up about her teeth getting cracked. Her tooth, you know what I mean? But Tina, that's just all you can, all you got to think about. You can replace it. They're replaceable. Teeth are replaceable now. <laughs> you know what I mean? They might cost a bit. But... Pain replaceable, Claudius. Pain. <laughs> are you in pain? Well, I didn't realise you were in pain, but I just say. <laughs> She's not in pain from the tooth. She's in pain of, of accepting herself like that. <laughs> say is sometimes some people are anticipating the day that they lose their parents anticipating the day that they use ones lose ones that they love while they're here and living like I genuinely think that is a very selfish paradigm to live but also like dad has just said to mum teeth can be replaced people can't so value the people that you have in your life now while you have them and when they pass, maybe it's not about marking the day that they passed, but it's about marking the principles that they passed, marking the legacy that they passed, marking the ethos that they passed and doing something with it so that they live forever. Because the only thing that's ever really died about the people that I love is their body. Anything else is still lives. Why? Because like Lion King says, it lives in me. It lives in me. And when you really have that relationship with them and yourself, you, you, you just, you barely feel sad. You feel grateful. You feel grateful. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my good, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So for me, in that sense, as you just said, it's um, thinking of the good times, you know, I, I know, and... Over the last seven years of my life, you know, I spent, it was 365 days, and it was 360 days she saw me, uh, my mum. So I look at the good times, I look at the good memories, I look at all that she's taught me, all that she's left me, all that, you know, and that's what brings me to a, a good place today. You know, that's what brings me to a good place. It's the memories, you know. 
that's what carries me. That's what I walk with. That's my um that's my guiding um what's it guide guiding star. And that's yeah. it. We've got to lean into that guidance because we've got we've got time here. You know, like when I because I don't have my own car at the minute. So when I get my rental and I'm able to do what I would normally do for my family, like take my mum shopping or do whatever, I just sometimes have to just stop and give thanks. Because I'm like, you know, there will maybe be a day where I won't be able to do this anymore. And I probably won't go to the shop because I'll make some story about it. Or maybe I will. Do you understand? But what I'm saying is value things now. Make as much memories with those that you love now. Some things feel like a burden when you've got to take care of your, your um, family members or do things. It can feel like a burden. But flip that. Be in gratitude now. Because life is teaching you something. And maybe life is teaching you to be grateful and you're missing the lesson. So be great now. Be grateful now. Be happy now. Be kinder now. Grand Rising, Miss Sandra, how are you? Morning. How is everyone? We're good. Um, a, great, a great lesson again. Um, I haven't had my car for five weeks, and today I've realised why now. Because it, it's, it's um, not working, and I have got to put it into the shop to um, get it fixed. It's because I wouldn't have been at home when my son needed me all these few weeks of difficulty. I would have been out on the road, I would have been out working, I would have been out chasing jobs. So the lesson for me is that my car didn't have my car because I was needed at home. I love that. And Sandra, it's similar. I had a very clear conversation and assignment from God when I gave up my car. <laughs> and I was so happy. And even yeah. the other day when I started to get impatient, I randomly happened to open my journal on the day that God gave me that word. And I read the page again and it literally told me, wait. But guess what? My impatient, rebellious ass has been going against the grain. And the more that I go against the grain, it's more resistance that I create. Was she being disobedient, Tanya? Very disobedient. Very very so now I enjoy when I've got to walk yesterday in the rain that was pouring on my head and then getting home to being locked out of my house to climbing through the window I, I enjoy the trials <laughs> and the other thing for me is I do not have a good relationship with exercise I hate it you know me and exercise are not good friends but because I don't have the car I've had to walk there and done this and that getting used to it still not loving it but I'm trying it and I'm doing it there you go and that's why we'll be taught some things like when I just had this car for the last week I'm just up and out I'm on the go on the go on the go doing stuff that I need to do as much as doing stuff that I don't have no business doing so yep again when the student is ready the teacher appears and the way that the teacher appears isn't always how we want it to so make sure you keep your eyes and ears open for how life is teaching you guys in the season that you're in 
And I just want to wish Susan a happy birthday as it was today and not yesterday. <laughs> yes, a very happy birthday to Miss Susan. Um, it is her beautiful birthday today. and We've wished her a beautiful birthday in 5am. But happy, happy birthday. And I really pray that this year around the sun is absolutely incredible to you. And it's more clearer, more amazing, more just like filled with more blessings than you've ever allowed yourself to access. I pray you have an amazing year ahead. Thank you for that, Miss Sandra. Yes, ma'am. Yes, yeah, sorry, I was going to ask you, when you shared the story about your, what was, I was going to say disobedient self, but your, um, your determined and willing self to get the car of your dreams, and you, you did purchase the car of your dreams, which you loved. And then one of the problems that the car had, I believe, was from your lack of giving it water. Was that correct? <laughs> correct. <laughs> it wasn't water, it was giving it oil. Giving it oil. So, like, we, we might get the thing that we love, but there's some maintaining that is required when we get the thing that we love. And sometimes if we don't maintain the thing that we love, like my teeth, oh gosh, um, we can lose them. And then we go through the lesson of not having that thing. And like you said, getting the blessings from not having that thing is where we learn. But also it's the undercurrent. I, it's not, I don't have a problem manifesting and getting what I want. I always get what I want. But you see, like I said, I can focus on what I want and go after it and get it. I also have undercurrents. And if I get what I want and I constantly repeat, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve this, guess what? Boom, I'll also create that. That's why you we've got to be so aware of what we think. That. You don't have that undercurrent, you don't deserve this. Of course I do. I absolutely no, do. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The other question I wanted to ask you, did you come in yesterday in my room and peek at my notepad that I was writing? Possibly. Why did you do that? <laughs> of course I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> you said so much that was on that notepad. I'm just like, what? No. How, no. How did she do that? Like, that is just amazing, honestly. Spirit is one, guys. Spirit is yeah. one. You're welcome. Spirit is one. Sometimes I get these, that's what I'm saying, these downloads on what I need to talk about. And then I'll be motivating myself throughout the day as I go and do my work. And I might just play something and then I'll freak myself out because I will hear what I've said. And I'm like, ah, and I'll look at the date and I'll go and I'll be like, did I watch this before? And it'll be like yesterday. And I'll be like, no. And then I'm like, oh my God, it's confirmation. We've all got this power to connect to the one power because there's only one power. It's just, are you intentionally connecting to it? That's it. So it's Tuesday. Be of love. Be in love. Be love and go ahead and now seek how life is teaching you and where you've been asked to be a student and what teacher is showing up. 
to teach you. Be great, guys. Thank you guys so much.